This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinkard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the studio. I am here, Jody Drinkard. I'm your host, and I'm here with Jim Lindenmeyer. Did I say your last name right? You sounded perfect, Jody. Just All like right. Hal Linden and Oscar Mayer. So. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's like, okay, they paired up. Is that it? Jim Lindenmeyer is a retired captain of the U.S. Army. He has so many titles. I have a whole a laundry list of them. Uh, Director of the Cherokee County Homeless Veterans Program, which you started and founded, is that right, in yep. 2014? And you were in 21. This year, you were chosen as the first citizen of the Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce. That was a that was an interesting, sleek thing that Pam Carnes got me on that one. I, I owe her for that. Oh, was she, <laughs> oh, she got that one in under the table for you, huh? Yes. Well, she asked me to, to do the Pledge of Allegiance, not knowing what else was going on. And oh, my goodness. When Frank Reynolds told me I shouldn't leave yet, I said, oh, something's up. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. It was a good one for you. You're also a longtime American Legion member. I'm sure there's a lot of things I'm missing out, but the most most recent one, you've been appointed as a board member for the Georgia Home Trust. That's correct. All right. That's correct. Well, we all read the article in the Tribune, but can you tell us a little bit about what that position is? Yeah, the position, as it's outlined, is the focus on the homeless and housing problem problems with the state. So... We are right now with the eviction notice that's going on. Uh, one of the things that we are doing is actively, since I'm on the veteran side, is looking at all the veteran homeless programs they've got out there and starting to figure out how we can do things. Because we have a number of veterans that have been evicted. Um, they're trying to find places to live. And uh, with the evictions going on, you'll no longer qualify for the rent assistance program that's out there. And we have a number of people that are living, trying to live there right now. I've got a, a gentleman who's living in his truck right just down the street here. Really? In his truck? put a hotel in yesterday. Yeah, he, he was evicted because the house was sold out from underneath him about two months ago. Oh, my goodness. And he was too proud. I'm not going to say embarrassed because veterans are more proud than they are embarrassed to uh, tell somebody he needed help. Yeah. Oh, I can understand the feeling of being too proud and don't want to be a bother to anyone. But sometimes it really helps when they come and knock on your door. Yes, and, and the veterans are a little different because they were they were always brought up. You go through basic training, you go through all the, the macho stuff that goes on. And, and I was a combat arms officer, so you know we were we were up there. There was no one in front of us. Uh, you know, we were expected to take ninety five percent casualties in the first hour when I was in Europe against the Soviets. So you kind of get a bravado of what it is, and you come out of that. And the Marines are, tend to be the worst because they don't want to ask for help. But uh, when you're down in a ditch, so certainly you're going to find a low spot where you need someone to say, you know, give me a hand up. Not a, they don't want charity. They just want to be, you know, they want to pay it back. And that's what we've always taken going forward is there's no charity in the program we do. Everybody's earned it because of what they did in the service. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay, well, we're going to back up a little bit. Sure. Jim, were you born and raised here in Cherokee County? <laughs> I was not. I was born up by Cooperstown, New York, upstate New York. And then, Cooperstown? Yeah. Baseball That's a little Hall famous of, place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Baseball Hall of Fame. But I, my father was a county agent, so there were six brothers and a sister. Um, in the 70s, we had a dairy farm, and... and uh, it uh, got to the point where we couldn't keep it, and uh, a bunch of us ended up going to the military because it was the only one was there. I ended up going to West Point because I wanted an education my father couldn't afford, and uh, they sold the farm, moved into a town, but uh, uh, it was a great place to live up and, and grew up. Our nearest neighbor was two miles away, and we were very grounded in things we did. We had, you know, we two-acre garden, 23 acres of sweet corn, pumpkins, you name it, we had it. Wow, how fun. That's how we raised money in the summertime. And then after I got in the military, it was, ended up down here in Fort Benning. Well, uh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have, uh, I have uh, five other brothers, and I had a sister who passed away 11 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's a big family. That's small. Most of my friends had 12, 10, 10 to 12 kids in their family. Yeah. You know, live, that's, kind of, that's kind of Midwest up in upstate yeah. New York, right? Yeah. yeah. That's sort of how I was brought up in the dairy farm thing, being from Wisconsin. There you go. See, yeah. My wife was from Wisconsin. There you go. Some, oh, really? Oh, yeah. I knew I liked you. Madison and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Wausau, so. Oh, yeah. I went to school in Stevens Point. Yeah. Yeah, we're at Spud Beer. Yep. Oh, well, yeah. I know it well. <laughs> Point Beer. You got it, buddy. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. We can we can have... That's a whole other podcast I have right a, there. I have, a, I have a tap with, a, with a, the guy with a chiseled head. Really? That's so funny. Well, I'll be, I'll be over. 
I have a tap. I like a person that says, I have a tap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you were born and raised there, and you didn't leave there until you went in the Army? Until I went in the Army, yeah. How old were you when you went in the Army? Uh, 18. Graduate high school, 18, went down to uh, uh, West Point, got through. I was a chemical engineer, came out of there, uh, was a Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You went to West Point. Yeah. And you're a chemical engineer. Mm-hmm. No At that time, kidding. it was an engineering school. Now it's now it's changed a little bit. But when you were, when you were there, because you look at going back to... All before, it was all engineering because that's what the military was, a bunch of engineers. So I was a chemical engineer with an Arab, I was an Arab linguist as well. Oh, um, an Arab linguist. Mm-hmm. You know how to speak Arabic? Yeah. Tell me something in Arabic. Fahentum <laughs> Dalek. Do you understand the language? Yeah. So that was, uh, I took two years. Um, the uh, instructor I had was the uh, military attache to United Arab Emirates. And uh, so it was an uh, interesting time. It was the first time they had introduced Arabic because you had to take a mandatory uh, language. And I took French in high school, didn't want to do Chinese or Russian. So I was going to say, I would think that Russian would have been one of those offered in the courses at that time. Wow. I think Arabic is such a unique, interesting language because it is, it's similar with just characters like a Chinese or Japanese or but any you, of the but Asian. But you read it backwards. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not easy. We, we, the, the That's why I never caught on to that language. <laughs> and the course syllabus <laughs> we did was out of University of Michigan. Wow. This is, this is very enlightening. Yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing. Okay. So you went in the military, in, went to West Point, four mm-hmm. years there. Four years. Yep. Even graduated in four years. You're my hero. And then you went into the Army as? I was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the uh, armor branch, the cavalry branch, which is the Patton, you know, um, that was my idol was Patton Rummel when I was going through. Cause that's, no kidding. Yeah, that was, you know, don't ask for permission. Just do what you got to do and go. And that's what we believe in. Matter of fact, the cav model is lead follower, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, and you went to Fort Benning. I and I went to Fort Knox, which doesn't exist anymore for basic, where I went to school with Mark Mark Milley, who's now the current chairman of Georgia's staff, who was part of our softball team and knew him very well. I've known him for 42 years. And then I, from there, I went to Colorado. And from there, I went to National Training Center out in Fort Irwin, California, and then down to Fort Benning, a little bit of time in Europe. And uh, they, I was scheduled to go back to the 11th ACR and uh, Armored Cav Regiment in Germany, and they Two-star override down at Fort Benning sent me to infantry, and I said, that's enough. I've had fun, and I spent five more years reserve. So total how many years? 13 years. 13 years. And then you retired from there. I left there, was uh, recruited by um, uh, Lucas Recruiting. I went to work for um, EDS, CSC, so I was in the the high-tech military side Mm -hmm. um, for the next 25 years doing outsourcing. Like uh, We did IT outsourcing, so I had Gulfstream that worked for me. I had Novellus, which was down here. I've had uh, part of GM, part of my team built the, the Kia plant down in, down in uh, Montgomery. So we did a lot of different stuff, including an IED detection system for the Marine Corps. Oh, man. I'm sitting with a genius. That's what I have to say. No, I'm just, uh, just an average guy. Just an average guy. <laughs> well, you're an average guy with a huge passion for your work as a retired colonel. You have turned your focus to helping fellow Army Navy, Air Force, Marine people that are having some trouble at, at this point in their life. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, one of the things in the service you go through, and, and you and I was with, we were we were the spearhead. We were the tip of the spear for what we did. And we we're always, always worried about our readiness rating. So when we had people that, that were injured and stuff, they left the unit. We never worried about where they went. Now being outside, I see where those people go that were injured or uh, had mental health issues that we put out. Because we wouldn't be concerned with those in the unit. That was not our job. Our job was to do the missions ahead of us. So now at the point now, we find the people that, that have been injured, that, that they've had uh, mental health issues, uh, that have got uh, you know, lost sources of issues that left the military and going, I need help outside. Where do I get it? And there's no one, no one was there. So there's a term we use in the military called no man left behind. We have converted that into we're not going to leave anybody behind on the street because they, they, whether it's two years, four years, 20 years, they took the time to put themselves on the line for, for this country, and our job is to take care of them at that point. We're not going out of bounds to do things. They expect, we expect it, just like the military, drugs and alcohol you're in, you can't come in our program, we'll, we'll put you in a rehab center. But uh, when you come in, we're expecting you to pull yourselves up, get yourself together, get yourself off the street, and uh, turn your life around. And that's what we help them do. So I want to get this straight. When you were in the military, you saw people, when they needed to leave, it was time to leave. It was best mm-hmm. for them to leave. You didn't didn't know where they went, didn't nope. know what happened. Nope. 
And now you're here picking those people up. Correct. And I do want to make one, I want to clarify one point. Did you say that people that you find or that are coming to you and they have drug or alcohol problems, they are not allowed in your program? No, a program we have has to be clean and sober. So okay. our job is to work with these guys and going, going now, if they do falter, we have those, we have a number of them that have come through. We will then work with them and getting them into programs. Now, one of the programs, problems we have right now and we're working with Dr. Phillips from the VA, who has a suicide group, is we have no mental health out here. So I am not a trained therapist. My team is not trained therapists. We are basically military. That's what we know. And uh, we are looking for the VA to help us. And so far, they've done a pretty, pretty poor job doing that. We have no mental health capability for Georgia, north of Marietta. So okay. and you think of, I mean, right now, most of the homeless, 40% of all homeless veterans have got some sort of mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are, our guys are, we have had seven attempted suicides and three suicides in and around Cherokee County in the last year. In the last 12 months? Combat vets. Say that number again. Seven attempted suicides and three confirmed suicides. That is heart-wrenching. Yep. And it's kept quiet. No one wants to talk about it. My sister uh, committed suicide 11 years ago. And so um, it's very near and dear to me. And so we don't want these guys who come back with PTSD or uh, women with MST to go through you know, any issues that they that they can't get help with. Okay, let's jump back here just a second. You said that your sister committed suicide 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Was she in the military? Nope, she was not. She okay. was a physical therapist living back in Cooperstown and mm-hmm. uh, never knew. I talked to her the Friday before and then Sunday morning, uh, my brother found her dead. So uh, it's always been a question of, you know, all the questions unanswered as to why, what you could have done and no answers. Mm-hmm. That had to be absolutely horrible for yeah, your family. It, it was. No note? No note, no nothing. No nothing. Did she have a family? Nope. She was. Uh, she had friends, but no one of the friends saw it either. So no no one just, we never knew what, what had happened or why it happened. And, and that's one of the problems with suicide is when they decide they want to do it, there's no stopping them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's you know, you, you'll be always answering questions. And there's a program right now on the University of Alabama called Operation Deep Dive. At the goal there is trying to look at veteran suicide from the community standpoint and figure out what are the triggers. Is it noise? Is it uh, is it uh, stress on the job? Is it but but uh, so far we haven't got enough data in the state to go in and decide what it is. So. Jim, tell me about the first time you realized that this was an issue. Um, well, when I got out, when I retired um, in eighty, let's see, in, in uh, four, nine years ago, I decided to look around and see what I'm going to do. At that point, I had no no idea, no preconceived notion. But the military and the VA was talking about we had over 110,000 homeless, which more likely is probably 200,000 because no one really knows who they are, where they are. 200,000 in our nation? In our nation. Okay. And then, so we started looking at how many are in here and do we have a problem? So we walked with, we. I went to all the different cities here in Cherokee County, all the territories and said, you know, do you have a veteran homeless problem? Everybody said, of course not. We don't. So you it. went to organizations? Organizations and asked, do we organizations, have- city mm-hmm. managers, uh, county commissioners, everybody, and, I, and basically after about six months, I said, "You guys got a problem." Uh huh. And and the problem was that you got homeless veterans here that need help, and you got homeless and, people here, we, and nobody's recognizing it. No one looks for it. I'm going to call it willful blindness. Uh, is a term I like to use. Willful um, blindness. That's a good one. Yeah, willful blindness. Yeah. If you want, you know, people won't. You know, there's a gentleman across the street over here who. Tells you he's homeless, but he's not because we vet everybody. Um, we do have a couple so, homeless guys that are up by um, up toward the library that we know of. So um, just so everybody know, we have seven listeners. That's it, just seven of them. Seven. But I just want to make sure they all seven know <laughs> that we're located here in Canton yep. at the mill on Etowah. So when you're saying across the street, we're talking within we're talking within a half mile here of this place. So that's the heart of Canton. Mm-hmm the heart of this community yeah and there's how many homeless people here there's about? from about from this side between if you go north and south you're probably there's three of them that i know of right now and then there's a fourth one we got in a hotel so right now they are three on the outside two of which want to be left alone meaning what that they prefer life in this state in this manner yep they do and there's nothing you can do we work with one of the guys here we've known him for three years so where does he sleep he sleeps in a tent mm-hmm. behind a building behind and besides you, how many people know that he's there? Probably about 30 or 40 other ones. Really? Yeah. So we get calls every week that we one guy's been found all the time. Just, you know, I won't mention his name, but he's not too far from here, but he is not a veteran. He says he is, um, but he's panhandling all the time. People see him. We probably get two calls a week about him. And we really? keep saying he's not a veteran. You know, he, he thinks he is, um, but he's not. But mental illness, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he, are there places for him to go? 
uh, he doesn't want to come off the street. So part of the problem is you have to want to change your lifestyle and you got to realize that, you know, you want to, you want to get better. And we've, I have a gentleman right now who's now outside the county because we moved him down. Uh, he's been homeless right now, probably 14 weeks that we know of living in a tent down in Cobb County right now. And his problem is he doesn't want to get organized to, to fix his life. We have tried four or five times getting stuff for him. And the point now we just told him when you, you know, there's a comes a point where we turn, you're on your own. When you decide you want to, you want to fix your life, you come see us. You use the term, you moved him. Yeah, he wanted to go down. We had, we tried to get him into must ministry down there, mm-hmm. but he would not get his COVID shot, so they wouldn't let him in. Oh, so he no. Did, he opted and went in the woods. But we had to, we spent a couple of weeks working with must ministry. First time we got him down there, he didn't have his insulin, so he didn't go. So that's a, that's a symptom of this gentleman's problem. He doesn't want to do what he's supposed to do. And the second time we got him down, he, did, he knew he, what, he had to get his shot. He was ready to get his COVID shot. It's one of the requirements to go in there. And he said, nope. And no. uh, he's, you know. Okay. Yeah. So he called us the other day because he needed his phone turned on. He needed his cell phone turned on. Mm-hmm. Which is the most important tool a homeless person has right now. Mm-hmm. Is it, so when, they, when we say they're homeless, that doesn't mean they're penniless. Mm-hmm. He has no money. This person has no How money. How does he get a phone to begin with? He w- was given a phone down at the VA, down in Forest Park in that area down there. East Point, Fort McPherson. And then, and then what, what, does he panhandle for money to pay for that bill? Pretty much. Well, we paid for it the last four months, trying to keep him going mm-hmm. so we know where he's at. So two things to get into in a homeless person, especially veterans, is one, you need a home of record. You need a home of record. What does that mean? Where your mail can be sent to. So if you're working with the VA, DFACs for uh, food stamps, you're working with other organizations and they need to meet with you. They're going to send you a letter of some type. Homeless people are mobile. They're not going to be in one place at the same time every day, day in, day out. They will move from here to here to here, and you'll never catch them. So we become part of our end processing. We become the home of record for the homeless person, homeless veteran, until we get them to the point where they can move on and go from there. So we will intercept that mail. We will call them, tell them he's got it. If they want us to open the mail and read it, we'll tell them what's going on. But that helps because if you, if you are in the VA system and you miss two meetings, they cancel your they cancel your claim. Oh boy. Okay. So so these people need to have the, the phone. They need to understand that, you know, hey, cold weather's coming in or something else needs to happen or you got an appointment over here and the phone is the only way you can do it. So it is the most important tool they have is that phone versus sleeping bag. If you give a homeless person a brand new sleeping bag, guarantee within twenty four hours he's either sold it or it's stolen. Oh my gosh. So yeah. That is very eye-opening for me because it is in my head. I had a tent sitting in our basement for probably three, four years that nobody ever used. And I wanted to go give it to somebody that was, you know, anybody that has a tent, it's going to wear out eventually there. Yep. Yep. We just gave away too. So, yeah, I mean, those things are, you know, those things are coveted because it takes you out of the cold. Hold on to that thought. We'll be right back with more from Jim Lindenmeyer after these words from the sponsor that makes this podcast possible. Do you know what to do when you hear this sound? When you hear a chirp, make a change. A single chirping sound coming from your smoke detector every 30 to 60 seconds indicates the battery is low and must be changed. So when you hear the chirp, make a change. Now, do you know what to do when you hear this sound? When you hear a beep, 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 get on your feet. Three quick beeps in a row mean there is a fire. Get out, stay out, and call 911 from outside. Now, let's see how beep savvy you are. What does this sound mean? Four beeps in a row means your carbon monoxide detector is activated and you must get outside to breathe fresh air immediately. Stay outside and call 911. Learn the sounds of fire safety. Beep knowledge saves lives. For more safety tips, visit www.firepreventionweek.org and www.sparky.org. Welcome back to Enjoy Cherokee Voices. I'm Jody Drinkard, and I'm here with Jim Lindenmeyer. Um, We're talking about something that many of us know absolutely nothing about, the homeless veterans right here in Cherokee County. Jim, you've mentioned that some of these homeless vets are not ready to pull themselves together enough to accept help, and yet others want to live on the streets or the land for some reason. Now, some people, though, do want to get yes. get help, and they are ready and organized and ready mm-hmm. to do this. 
what brought them to this place to begin with sometimes? Do you have a story or can yeah, you tell no, us I, about I, I one person? I can give person? you a story. Uh, yeah. about th- uh, let's see, about four weeks ago, we got a, on Tuesday, we got a call from a veteran who had lost his father. It had put him into a spiral down in Florida. He moved up to uh, this area. He, his sister let him sleep on the floor while he was trying to get himself go. So he was really technically homeless for about six months. He called us because somehow he got our name and said, I need a number that I can get some services for. And he's uh, he's already he's disabled from the military already. But he's he's still he still can work. He's a he was a uh, he was an engineer. So when he called, so us, he's an, he has the education of an engineer. Yeah, but it's just that it's just something in his life turned him around, and he needed to fix what happened. So mm-hmm. he, he called lost us. his father. He spiraled out of, yep. uh, into depression. Yep. So I met a company that the Monday the day before he called me. And I knew that these guys were looking for a type of resource. So when this guy called me and said, get your, get your you know, butt over here, mm-hmm. we're going to create a resume for you. We uh, gave the resume to the, the company on Wednesday, Thursday, he had an interview. He was offered a job on Friday. We gave him a brand new vehicle, <laughs> a, a donated vehicle, a brand new to him so that he can get to work because it was, you know, he has to drive to and from the work. He had no vehicle and uh, he's now, you know, he's now been working there for six, eight weeks and everybody, they, they both love what's going on. Where's he living? He's got a place there that the person he's working for had a place that they were going to set him up with, but we were prepared to put him in a hotel until, you know, until he's got his feet on the ground going forward or earning enough money to, to live it- on. This sounds like a very good success story. Oh, it is. It's one of those things where he, he said, I can't believe what you guys did for me. All I did was make a phone call looking for help, and here's what you guys did for me. Well, that's the best case scenario. Yeah. When somebody calls, you know they want help already. Yep. And he just needed a push. And he's got a disabled daughter that uh, lives you know, in another city, but now he can go see her. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where he just needed a little bit of a turn and a little bit of a, you know, it's not TLC. It's, you know, camaraderie and saying here it is. And, and he's turned his life completely around. Fantastic. That's really good news. You had some other stories that that I thought were really quite poignant. Um, Can you talk to the topic of homeless people in general, how many homeless we have in Cherokee? Let me put it this way. We, we went out, we, every year we do a, a point in time count. We actually walk the streets in Cherokee County from I-20 over by Cartersville, across, down through 92, all the way across. The week we did this, which is the third week in January, which is one of the coldest weeks, we found over 50 people of which 10 were home or 10 were veterans. Now, if you go down 92 and you go to the, where Cabela's is across the street, the uh, BP gas station, you will find anywhere between three to 10 homeless people there every day. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're trying to survive because it's close to transportation, close to food. Some of them do day labor on jobs. And when the day we were there, Cobb County had just dumped six people from Cobb County on the street, a mother, two kids, and then some older, uh, a couple older veterans into Cherokee County because that's, that's what they do. They, they sweep and they get rid of them, take them to the end of the county line. They sweep line. and get rid of them. Tell me about yeah. this. And Cherokee County's done this before as well mm-hmm. because nobody wants to have homeless people around. So what they do is the police department picks them up, takes them to the county line, drops them off, tell them don't come back. Well, I'm just telling you, this is completely shocking to me. That's, well, that's not. We, we had the first civilian with us, Marianne Butler with us. She can tell you, she can tell you what we saw as well. It was just... I mean, you, people think that doesn't happen. Something goes back to the 20, 1920s and 30s. It happens all the time here. There's an article that was in The Guardian December, maybe three years ago, and he talked about cities. So L.A. constantly was sending people on airplanes, one-way trip, telling them, if we're going to send you there, you can't come back. If you, if you do come back, you know, you can service to Miami, Atlanta, and Charlotte. New York City was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They would basically, in order to get rid of the problem, you turn around and you send them to somebody else's place on a one-way ticket, and hopefully they don't come back. The, so it's it happens, the grand shuffle. It is. It's been going out there for, for years. And people, and these are city fund, you know, these are county city funded projects to get people out of their territory and give them some else. Now, if you go back to, you know, the city of Los Angeles with the Olympics coming up, they, they did a big sweep. We got the homeless problem taken care of. Then they got awarded the, the uh, Olympics. Now look at the problem they've got with homeless out there. Mm-hmm. It's always been there. They just yeah. in Austin, Texas, it's got huge homeless issues. New York City, Tampa. I mean, it's they're everywhere. It's like cities here, the one of the problem we have is is that we have no services for them. So there's no shelters north of uh, basically uh, the Elizabeth Street Inn, which must runs is a pretty much a night shelter. There's nothing there north all the way to Tennessee, North Carolina, Alabama border. So what do you do with these guys? You can put them in hotels for a while, and but that's hopefully we're, that's why we're working on a shelter right now is 
these people need some place to, to land so we can get them. So we're working on a shelter right now. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. There's a there's two programs going on. One that the county's running, and that is looking at using it, one of the schools as decommission. That's not too far from here, just up the street, mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. on top of a hill, uh, in for a, a, a basically um, family environment. We're working on one. For down. a family environment? Yeah. Meaning homeless families would go there? Correct, correct. Okay. The one we're working on is a veteran shelter down on Bells Ferry. So we have a property that we've got that we've basically in a lease purchase contract. We're hoping to get a, a benefactor, uh, this doctor from Vietnam, who we're hoping is going to write us a big check to pay for it. But uh, we plan on building a, 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 a dorm type shelter down here in, in Cherokee County, smart technology, resource centers. That, uh, we've already got companies that are working with it on jobs so we can get these guys in, male and female, into programs and go. What are some of the hiccups that you find when you're trying to put together some of these programs, like like a shelter? I mean, if you're going to put a shelter up on a on Bell's Ferry Road, I would think there'd be some people scratching their head like, is this what we should be doing here? Well, or the word is called NIMBY. Not, NIMBY. Not in my backyard. Oh, yeah. So we met with pretty much every, you know, we started a program, every, every mayor out there. And the first answer was, you're not going to put one in my backyard. Yeah. Because it's going to bring crime. It's going to bring, you know, people looking at the cover of uh, Aqualung saying that's what they're going to look like. You can't tell these people what they look like. They're, you know, some of them may be disheveled to begin with, but they're, they're trying to live the best they can. They just need some help. So the Bells Ferry for us is perfect because it's unincorporated Cherokee County and mm-hmm. working with, with uh, Commissioner Johnson, and his team, he's been very receptive to that. So, right. That's the reason we're looking at something. Plus, it's halfway between the two big cities, and we can get Uber, and we've got jobs that we can get people into. Um, but we're we've we spent you know we spent the better part of seven years looking at where do we what part do we get into putting a shelter in, and how much money is it going to take to produce this shelter? Uh, about a million and a half. Mm-hmm. How much money do you have? Uh, right now, we've got about one hundred twenty-five thousand. Wow, that's like change in the pocket compared to the big the big price tag. Huh? Well, you, you're looking at down here. You start looking at we just we just got a grant from uh, the Blank Foundation for twenty five thousand to start off with, but we don't have the, wow, that's nice. We don't have the Coca Colas and the and the big foundations here because we don't have Fortune one hundred companies that we can we can draw from. Mm-hmm. So we're right now we're a, a what they call a five hundred one c nineteen. Oh, which is a veteran nonprofit, which is. No different than a 501c3, except we have to count bingo money as cash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't do bingo, so we're all set. No, no bingo. We got to count the bingo money, but, no bingo. But our long-term plan is to move to 501c3 once we get to the point where we've got the property under control. So, sounds like fundraising is in your future. Uh, we fundraise all the time. We've got uh, we've got fundraisers. We've got people. This county been very good because our money all stays here. We don't send money uh, outside the county. Oh. It all stays within. So, so whatever you raise here, because this is the Cherokee County Homeless yep. Veterans Program. That's correct. So all the money you bring in stays here in the community. That's really good to know, yep. first of all. Well, it came about because we had a conversation with one of our corporate sponsors who basically said, we're tired of sending money to some organization that we have no idea where it goes. We want to be able to, and this is around the adoptive program we did at the holidays. We want a high touch, high feel program. We want to be able to go visit the people we're donating to. We want to make sure we're giving them the gifts and stuff. So we want to be able to see the results of what we're doing here. Red Cross is a good example. I don't know how many embezzlement suits they got on right now from some of the stuff they've got with some yeah. of these. So people are going, I want to be able to see the money where it goes. That's what we do. We okay. just keep it here. Now, will we help somebody from another county? Yeah, we help people, homeless vets from Cobb County, Forsyth County, Pickens County. But we will not help them financially. We will give them food, clothing. Uh, we've given a couple of vehicles over to vets over in, in Lawrenceville area that, that needed it to get to a job to get them that. And we're happy to do that but we will not support financially outside the county. How many other counties have a program similar to this? None. None. And some, when somebody in Gwinnett County contacts somebody about, I need help to get out of this rut that I'm in, who do they call? The cops? I don't know who they will call because what happens is we get more calls routed to us. We had a, a vet from uh, New Orleans who, with Hurricane Ida, lost everything he got, came into East Point. Trying to find what it is. Somehow they told him to use our number. Called it. We had a uh, we had a, a vet with his he and his wife. Their car broke down coming out of out of Montgomery, and somehow they told him to call us. So we don't know how they get a hold of us. But when yeah. they get a hold of us, we will not drop them. Um, well, when you have a good program, something that works, I think word spreads pretty fast, and people know where to call you. I, I imagine. Medicare, what a headache. 
Where do I sign up? When's the enrollment period? Who can keep up with Medicare and all that other red tape? I'll tell you who. Bonnie Dobbs with the Bonnie Dobbs Agency. Bonnie and her team know all the answers when it comes to Medicare and other red tape. They might even help you find benefits you didn't even know you qualified for. Call Bonnie today if you're turning 65, retiring after 65, changing your living location, losing employer or union insurance coverage. Bonnie can help you with all things Medicare. Bonnie Dobbs is a licensed insurance broker who specializes in senior health benefits. There is never a fee for services, and you will never get that high-pressure sales runaround. Call today at 770-373-7541. That's 770-373-7541. Welcome back. I'm here with Jim Lindenmeyer. And our listeners are certainly learning a lot about the homeless veterans situation right here in Cherokee County and really across the nation. It appears that Cherokee County Homeless Veterans Program has become quite a trailblazer, Jim. You're really getting to know the needs and wants of this population. And of course, all of this costs a lot of money. What's your next fundraiser? How can we help? I know that you have fundraisers that you're working on right now, but how can the average person help? Well, it's, it's depending on what you want to do. We've got here's the programs we've got coming up for the next two and a half, three months. We have our annual golf tournament, which we do a fundraiser for that, and that is um, that's going to be up at Lake Arrowhead on the twenty second. We have of uh, October of October. We have uh, the first ever we're doing called Red, White, and Blue Barbecue which is showcasing all the veteran organizations in the county. Uh, it's a competitive uh, barbecue through the Barbecue Association, so the pro teams are, are vying for $10,000. And our lead sponsor is Northside on that, and they did a great job coming to the table for that one for us. And uh, that is, again, for start uh, money for the homeless programs in the county as well as veteran suicide awareness. So we can mm-hmm. get something going here because we don't have that today. There is a suicide coalition that started um, with Ashley Snow a couple about a year ago, and we're just getting our feet on the ground. Um, so that's one. We've got an adoptive vet program, which we're running right now. So we have names of low-income families, uh, seniors that are uh, you know, live at the home alone type uh, homebound uh, seniors, um, families that don't have two nickels to rub together. We have one family that uh, that basically a couple of years ago on, on the five o'clock on Christmas Eve, we, re- we rolled a truck from Marigas too because they ran out of gas. Uh-huh. And it happens to be that the Marigas district manager is a veteran herself. So oh. she was able to do it for us. But um, our goal is to give these people Christmas. Now we, we do work with Cherokee County Schools. But because of the Title I program for meals, they can't give us the names of who the low-income families are. Oh. But how we got started in this one, the first first family, we, we one of the first um, recipients we started with the program was a little girl on the Waleska who she wanted two things for Christmas. She wanted a new winter coat, and she wanted a picture for her grandmother of the school. Oh, my gosh. So they're not asking for Ferraris. They're not asking for stuff. They're asking for basic basic needs, a lot of them. And that we is heart-wrenching. Yeah. And we had another one that wanted a bed, so... This uh, woman from uh, one of the corporate sponsors just had her uh, younger daughter had just grown out of the bed. She came up, put it over, brought it to him. So it's been very, you know, it's been very heartwarming to see what goes on. Do you have a running list of things that you need that, I mean, in case I look at this list and go, you know what, I have an extra stove or whatever. <laughs> well, what we do for that is, is Betty Lewis handles the program for us. And she, um, so what she does is she interviews the families and we get a list of what they want. We get a picture. So when you want to adopt the family or, or adopt the senior You'll know exactly who they are, what they're looking for, and then we will pair you up with a veteran to, to go ahead and, and work that side. But basically, you go out and, and buy off the list that's there. If you need more, we'll, we, can, you know, we can add some other people to you to go ahead and pick up the family. But basically, it's yours to deliver and provide Christmas for them. That sounds like a very exciting program. It's the high, we call it a high touch, high feel. One yeah. of those things where, because Cherokee County has been very, very good. Well, there's 15,000 veterans that live here. and 15,000 veterans in our community. Mm-hmm, out, of, out of roughly 300, 280, 290, 300,000. So yeah, it's, about, it's about 15%. And when mm-hmm. you add in the spouses, it's almost 20%. Yes. I know the... Uh, um, you were quite instrumental in having a statue erected yes. at Patriots Park. Is that right? No, it's out of Veterans Park. Veterans Park. Mine's, yeah. I'm sorry. Yep. At Veterans Park. And um, tell me about that. 
Yeah, we had uh, the emphasis with this one was, um, and if you read the article, it was in Spoke Signal a couple months ago. We had a, a female from Sandy Springs, female veteran Marine, who was sent to us saying, "Can you help? Can you help this this woman? She's been homeless for 31 years, and it's just you know we did not know what we're up against. So um, we brought her in, started talking to her. She had uh, basically the, the VA system try to tell us, well, she's not eligible for benefits, and uh, we're like, that doesn't make sense. You know mm-hmm. what what reason? So and he tried to throw this thing called a 24-month rule that if you're not in 24 months, you're not eligible for benefits. Well, we found out she was involved in the NCAA. Say that again. So in other words, if you are if you go in the military for less than 24 months, you're not eligible for any you, benefits. You may not be eligible for benefits. May not be eligible. But there are seven conditions that would make you allow you to do that. And in case of her, she had volunteered for an NCIS drug, uh, drug sting that went bad. And they left her holding. Oh. And she had been uh, molested in this stuff. And so she'd been in the VA system for, you know, years and years for therapy. And uh, we pushed the envelope real hard and got the TV stations involved, Channel 46. We put her story mm-hmm. out there. And we sent 450 pages of documentation, treatment records up to the VA center up in up Janesville, Wisconsin. All right. And uh, we found out that her file was not, well, the VA did not annotate her file correctly. So none of that, most of the stuff that she was going through was never there. So we, at five o'clock when the story ran, she was still fighting. At nine mm-hmm. o'clock the next morning, the VA said, we agree. She's hundred percent. So now she lives in in Colorado and she she's loves what she's doing. She is, she's, um, she's basically some of the issues she had that was stress related to the, the, the whole condition of being homeless for 31 years. She lived in her car. I mean, she literally mm-hmm. lived in her car. She lost her family. Um, and she is now, you know, bright, full, alive and doing great. And she's, uh, and she is the impetus. So when you go up to the, see the statue, the female there, uh, Parker, that is her. That is the picture. That we, is her. Yeah, we sent the picture to the sculptors in in Europe, and that's what you know. That is her. That's very very. Cool. I'm very, I'm so pleased that you told us that story. Yep. Now everybody that goes to the park can see that. Yep. Wonderful. Now the male veteran is actually from a Korean War war veteran mm. who who gave us the idea for the statue. We put him. But if you look at the statue, it is, I mean, it's designed, it's still the only the homeless veteran statue in the nation. It is. And it's registered with the, the uh, National Archives that way. And it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting because we went to the county, they gave us the, the property and said, you pick it out where you want to go. And we, we chose that area because eventually they're going to put an amphitheater in the field in front of us. Mm-hmm. So it would be a great place. But you'll see it. We've got it lit up at night. We will put, uh, we put flags around it. Uh, veterans Day, you'll see different flags coming up there for that one. But uh, it is still the only one that's out there. And it was all paid for by by uh, <laughs> donations from veteran companies, everything. And the only thing we paid for were the permits from the county. Very, very good. I, I, I'm telling you, I think you are starting something that is probably within the next, I would say, the next 20 years. I would think every community, every county in the state and the nation should have one of these groups that help. Well, they should, because we're like, we will do a, we will do a candlelight vigil on December 21st and people go, why December 21st? It's, you know, why can't you wait till Christmas? December 21st is the longest night of the year. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're homeless living on the street, that is the longest night you will live on the street. Can you tell us what it's like to be a homeless person? What is a day in the life of a homeless person? It's hard for me because I look at it trying to be, you know, help them going forward. But, you you know, they they will wake up and depending on, you know, we've seen everything from a private to a lieutenant colonel has been homeless. We've seen everything from emotional issues to, um, you know, divorces that sent them going, loss of a loved one, loss of a child that just sent them in. Each day is different for these people. But the thing is, they struggle every day. They've got to get up and they're going you know, am I living on the street? Am I living in a parking lot? Right now, one of the biggest things you'll find in Cherokee County that is out here is, I'm going to call it the elusive homeless. They're the ones that are living in cars. And we know that all over Woodstock area that they move from parking lot to parking lot uh, and are hard to find. So, I mean, but... but so they're living in their car and they might be staying, I'm just going to say, Walmart parking lot overnight. Yep. And where do they go to the restroom? They, you'll find the convenience stores they get into or the gas stations. That's mm-hmm. why we give them backpacks because, again, they need socks. They need toiletries. They need, you know, they need ponchos. They need hand warmers in the wintertime. They need hats. 
because they they need something to, to give them, you know, some sort of dignity where they're going. That's why we give them mm-hmm. a backpack. So it's mobile because they can't carry anything. You're not going to give them big, huge still. The shopping cart is not what typically what you find of, of a homeless person walking around with. That person is local, has some place he's living to and maybe under a, a, a bridge somewhere. If he's got that. But our people, are, we give them backpacks full of stuff with um, materials in there. And we worked with WLJ on putting that together. Uh, in the two first home, the homeless female and the homeless male, we had designed the kits. So we didn't design ah. it. They designed it. So they knew what was to go in there for yeah, sure. Because we said, if you're out there, what is it you need? Well, we need we need a bottle of water. We need we need uh, we need hand warmers in the wintertime because it's cold out there. We need emergency blanket in case we need a poncho in case it rains. Everything needs to be such that it's in a plastic bag so that we don't. We need a first aid kit because something will happen to us. We never give them mouthwash because it's alcohol. So, you know, oh. most of you, you know, and that, that goes back to the days in the military. I had a, I had a senior um, NCO that worked for me that was terrible alcohol, and, and he was he would drink aqua velva aftershave. Really? Yeah. It's, and when these guys... That is a horrible problem if you're going to... But if you're an alcoholic, you will do whatever it takes to drink the stuff. Lighter yes. fluid, whatever. I mean, anything that's got it in, they will do it. So, these kids out there, and we, and we have a lot of women's groups that will do knitting hats for us and... and and we only do that in the wintertime. The summertime, it's a different type of kit because, you know, you're not going to put that kind of stuff in there. We give them little bits of shampoo, shower, soap, washcloths. Because, again, they, they will go into a, car, a gas station on the side of the road, and they will use that as their, their bathroom. So. so if somebody wanted to donate some of these things that go into a pack, is there a time of year that you that you gather this stuff together or is it all year long you're taking all year long donations all year and long is there um, a website there is a website out there we've got a website that's coming up right now that's being designed we have a facebook page out there the pictures are out there if you have a question you can contact us and they'll send you pictures of what those are what is it cherokee county homeless veterans program is that the facebook page that's the facebook page okay and yep. you know we're going to be having all of this information where people can go and a list of the events and everything at the end of the show we're going to say everything um yeah if you go out there for the, the barbecue it's a red it's a red white and blue barbecue cherokee county red white and blue barbecue where's it going to be down at the, this is going to be the legion field and we're going to use that for the you know it's it's there it's it's a perfect place for it and uh, we have about 40 different veteran companies coming in with different wares um and we're what does excited. that mean? A 40 different veteran companies coming in. We have, Cherokee County has, believe it or not, 2,700 better known businesses. You've got to be kidding me. Nope. Go to the, go to the, the census stats um, in, in U.S. and you'll find it. It says down there 27. Onyx is owned by a, a Vietnam veteran. Patriot Towing, Jason Robbins, who owns that, is a veteran. Uh, so there's a lot of veteran groups around here that, that are there. Just people never knew it. So what we're trying to do is showing people that there's, you know, the veterans here, even though we blend in, we do a lot of things for the community that people just don't, don't recognize mm-hmm. it's there. Yes, you do. So we just finished our, our better, our, our third veteran fly fishing program. We partnered with Trout Unlimited. So we did, it's to us, it's a mental health. If you look at it from that standpoint, getting veterans out of the house so that they're away from, you know, basically the 22 a day that, that make him you know, commit suicide. We've got, we had three, 22 a day commit 20, suicide. That's well, now up to almost 24 a day. Yeah. This is a horrible problem that we have. It's, it's, it is because 19, let's see, 2011, the VA said we're going to go out and hire more mental health specialists. The problem is the ones they hire, you can't take a civilian and put him in a, in a room with a military guy and expect to understand what goes on. We've seen too many. Uh, I had a, uh, a six-tour Afghanistan vet who was telling me that he was working with a, a VA therapist, and halfway through the, the session, the therapist got up and quit. Because I don't understand what you guys go through. How horrible for that man. Yep. And we have the same problem here. We got, I mean, there's a lot of mental health capability here in the county, but veterans are not, you know, you, you can't understand what it's like to be one individual we have who was, who was in a mortar attack over in Iraq. And he, and when he hears loud noises, that's what he goes to. And he, he, t- he tends to go off there. I've got another one, traumatic brain injury. So uh, he's, he's got it from stuff in, in combat. And those are things that when they have flashbacks or noises, it, it, you know, we, and we're, we have roughly 300 and over 350 people in Cherokee County have got PTSD. Yeah, that's, um, that's too many, yep. first of all, and, and no place for them to go right. for help. At West Point, do they train people to be psychologists, psychiatrists no. for this? There's no. no, there's no study in that. No, the mission of the academy was basically to provide combat officers. Before now, it's changed a little bit, but basic because that was the first class that had women at the academy. It is designed to bring career officers, military officers, to do the mission, and our mission there is protect. And defend uh, and, do and to serve, isn't it? Serve, yeah. Don't you think serving would be serving the people 
that served our country. It's, it um, seems like it would be, it seems like we need to start doing something on the front end. Like if the military is having these people come home or come back to our country and they are broken, the military needs to be ready to, to service them. Yes. And we, and we, and John Phillips, who's a, who's lives here in Cherokee County is the civilian uh, uh, representative for the, the army chairman of Dorsey staff. So, and we're working with him on Atlanta, which I'm part of. But one of the problems is, is an officer. I mean, I remember when I was a 22 year old second lieutenant. You know, I've got a I've got a counsel of uh, a senior NCO who's been married 20 years on on how to not divorce and not be drunk and beat his wife. We have no training for that. I mean, mm-hmm. or you you know you tell the guy you know you, you may have checks in your checkbook, but you don't have money in your account. Doesn't mean you can write checks. I mean, there's no preparation for that. You it's basically basic you know, civilian living isn't always. Right. Taught or no, experienced. And, I, and I, I remember I had a situation where I had a, a, a spec four who was, who was who was a problem child from my standpoint. And uh, he got married and he decided he was going to continue living with the boys and having fun. And uh, we pulled his wife in and said, you're going home. We're sending you home mm-hmm. because your husband doesn't want to take care of you or doesn't know how to take care of you. Or we get uh, you know, we get a call two o'clock in the morning. Twenty four hours later, we're in Germany for six months. Right. And nobody's prepared to get these guys food. And the problem we see right now with the National Guard here in Cherokee County is these guys leave. No one knows they went. And when they're gone, no one knows the family needs help. So it is something that the community needs to come together and say, how can we help you? And that's what we're working with with the National Guard. But from our standpoint, on the, the veteran National Guard is not they're not considered veterans until they, they until they get activated which is kind of a tough thing for people to think of, but the National Guard belongs to the state. It doesn't belong to the federal. So it is a tough thing we deal with, um, and uh, we try to be as respectful as we can, but there's not a lot of things I can do with a National Guard person because of this of them belonging to the state. We don't cover that. Mm-hmm. A lot of rules and regulations it's, when really it sometimes yeah. the heart is left out of it. Well, but you got to make judgment calls of what you can do, what you can't do, and that's, you know, that's, that's the toughest thing we get into is, you know, is, is telling somebody that, is not prepared to get to fix their problem. You know, I'm not going to do it for, you know, guys, you know, I can do all sorts of stuff to help you, but again, you know, I can reward you good or I can reward you bad. Which way do you want it? But if you don't want to do our program, you can leave. Guarantee they'll come back about four or five months later say I'm ready to do it. Really? That happens a lot. Yeah, because they, they know that they are the one that's got to drive. I can't I can't tell somebody tomorrow, here's how we're going to get you out of homelessness. I can give them the, the tools they need and I can give them some guidance but if they don't want to, if they're mentally prepared for it, don't want to do it, and they're just wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And I can go help somebody else. You have a hard job. You have a very hard job. Um, but we thank you for it. And is there anything else that you wanted to talk about today? Is there a story you want to tell us? Something that? Yeah, I, I think that in, I give credit to my wife because she was, you know, University of Wisconsin. Um, but she's not military. She was not. I met her winter. I got, I got out. And Margo is a great, great woman. But one of the things she did is she wanted a homeless kit that she could hand out on the street. And it's basically a gallon bag with some materials and we can get people to, we could, we'd be more than happy to make them for people to come pick them up because we do it all the time. But if you were, if you were just to go down even to um, the mall off, uh, you know, down in Kennesaw, down at Barrett Parkway, uh, you come off the 75 ramp, you will find two to three homeless people there every day. Mm-hmm. Someone that was typically is a veteran. Um, and they're happy if you give them a bag. Don't give them money. Never give them money. You know, you never wanna, give them money. Never give a homeless person money because you don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol, drugs, you know, you don't want to take that. Per- but if you want to give them something that's got clean socks, a little, you know, kit. You know, we Margo keeps four or five in her car all the time and keeps replenishing because it doesn't matter if they're a veteran or non-veteran. But they still have the same basic issue that they need someone to care and say, you know, thanks for, for giving me something today to, that uh, no one else is going to do. Don't, you know, everybody wants to look the other way for a homeless person. There's no reason to. Um, you know, they need help. They're just, just like any other living person out there that, that just wants a little bit of compassion. Do you think there are some people out there that are just kind of scamming? Oh, yeah. There's a, uh, one, of the, one of the homeless, the guys I tell you about who's not a veteran. Uh-huh. He's a scammer. He's, he's panhandling and he has, you know, three or four places to go. Um, a couple three or of, four places to stay, to yeah, live. Yeah. And he's still panhandling. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting a job, he just decides this is what he's going to do, beg for cash. Yep. 
Yep. And we find those people right off the bat. Matter of fact, there's another one. Um, I will call him a holy roller that's there. Ah. He's getting social security every month. The reason he's here is because of a family issue. But, you know, he is worn his welcome out of every hotel that's here. He has scammed people left and right. And we know, you know, when people tell us who he is, you know, where he's at, I said, yeah, we know. We won't touch him. Now, if you go up to one of these scammers and you hand him a a bag of toiletries as your wife does. Do they laugh in your face or do no, they No, they'll like, take it. They'll take yeah, it because okay. they, that they will need. They will need those. Those are basic items that they need. Uh, basic, um, you know, socks and all this stuff. They need those. But what gets into is they are comfortable just living on the edge and don't, you know, don't want any rules and don't do anything. And, and uh, eventually they will wear themselves out. We had one veteran who came in who was that divorced. He was homeless. He lost half his pay to the because his ex-wife and we had a veteran who wanted to put him up in a, in a house that he was fixing up and the guy was going to guarantee to pay rent well he didn't do it we evicted him oh boy because we don't you know it's when someone's in need and you turn around and, and, and think that we, they, we owe them yeah. something that's when though that's when we say it's time for us to break <laughs> break and go because we are here to help you but we're not uh, you know we're not here to owe you anything Yes. And, and don't take advantage of me. Right. That would, that would really irk me. I guess that would be a problem. I do see a lot of families with signs that say we'll work, Mm -hmm. we'll work for food or whatever. Is that, are you, what is your advice? Never just give them food. (laughs) No, if you can give them food, that's the way to do it. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, energy bars are always good things to put in the pack to give them. So that kind of stuff. Uh, if they are really hungry, you want to buy them a meal. I remember when I was up in DC on a project, uh, uh, years ago in business, I met a a veteran, um, who was a Marine who was homeless. My oldest brother was a retired Marine. I called him up and said, what do we do? I took him to eighth and ninth at the Marine headquarters and put in, got him food and stuff for the, you know, because mm-hmm. again, the Marines like to take care of Marines. They won't take care of Army or Navy, but they'll take care of Marines. But uh, it was one of those things where he just didn't know where to go. And a lot of these guys have no idea where to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing with home, with homeless people is, is trust. Um, they've been lied to, they've been abused, they've been rolled, they've been uh, arrested. And, uh, you know, they're looking for someone who says, I'm going to take care of you. And you got to build trust. That's the biggest sure. thing we do. Sure. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Love the, love the spot. Good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, you like it here in Thrive. Uh, but don't go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Because we're going to do something fun. <laughs> At the end of every show, we do quickie questions. I can't say it. It's a tongue twister. Quickie questions to help us get to know you even better. Okay, perfect. All right? Perfect. Thank you again. I'll, and we'll be right back with quickie questions. National Wreaths Across America Day is Saturday, December 18th. You can join in the mission to remember our fallen heroes, honor those who currently serve and their families, and teach younger generations about the value of freedom. A $15 donation to Wreaths Across America sponsors a fresh balsam remembrance wreath. These wreaths have become a symbol of America's respect for those who have served and no longer walk with us. Sponsor a wreath today. Visit www.wreathsacrossamerica.org. Welcome back. Welcome back. Are so Army's, Army's playing Wisconsin two weeks. Who's going to win? Army is. I don't know. No, Wisconsin I, lost it's a house game. divided at your house. Well, yeah, all my relatives are, you know, her, on her family all went to the University of Wisconsin. I don't, go Badgers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, go Bucky. <laughs> all right. All right, I'm just going to give you a series of questions. First thing that comes to your mind, that's what we're going to have you say, okay? All right, sounds fun. All right. What's your favorite soda? Uh, I, love, I love Coca-Cola. You are a true Georgia boy now. What are you afraid of? Uh, afraid of nothing, pretty much. Nothing? Nothing. I've been I airborne, jumped out of airplanes, physically, particularly good airplanes. You jumped out of an airplane? Yeah. How multiple, many times? Multiple times, 25. All of them on purpose? Yeah. Yeah? Was it just for, like, military, training? Or? Military training, yeah. Okay. At night, with no lights on. <laughs> Where'd you land? Uh, Alabama fields that they were marked. You just, you just, it's, it's I'll, something one day I'll tell you how you need to go to Fort Benning and see how that works. It's a lot of fun, but don't let the national guard do you. They dropped us over a lake one night. <laughs> and then you got to swim home. Yeah. With a hundred pounds of pack equipment. Oh my goodness. All right. Do you prefer chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. What was your favorite show when you were growing up? Uh, Rat Patrol. What is it? Rat Patrol. Rat Patrol? Yeah. It was, a, it was the, if you go back, this, well, maybe it's before your time. Well, what's the theme? It was like combat, military. Oh, okay. Jeeps See? and the, uh, you know. Did you have family pets as a child? I had a, I had a rabbit. We had sheep, we had cows, dairy cows, beef cows, horses, but uh, I had a black rabbit that was, that was mine. 
A black rabbit. Yeah, it would come when it calls and everything else. Yeah. And we had a dog named Mike. <laughs> That's great. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Uh, driven, uh, compassionate, um, athletic. What's a pet peeve of yours? People aren't truthful. Ooh, liars. How about what was your first job? First job, uh, well, I was on a farm milking cows. So. <laughs> oh, what was your first job away from your house? I worked, it's the only job I've ever been fired from. I worked for a, uh, uh, there was a, a quartz mine, kind of a uh, KOA campground. Quartz mine? Yeah, called Herkimer uh, Diamonds. I worked there and then I got tired and they I, fired me. <laughs> You got tired and they fired you. What did you fall asleep on the job? No, no, I got tired of doing all the work. Oh, okay. Yeah. They fired you. What? It, you had to do something. You just don't get tired. And no, we, tired. it was raining. We get the stuff. We were usually we would go home if it rains because there was nothing to do. And uh, this other guy and I left. And there was there was a political reason because this one guy who came in a, months months after we do was getting the easy jobs, and we were picking up the trash uh, and doing all the cleaning, all the toys. So, and we said yeah. we're going home. That's and the it, end of that. That was the end of that. I said good, yeah. good riddance. Uh, what was your favorite subject in school? Chemistry. Still is, I Still bet. Still is. And your favorite place to eat in Cherokee County? Uh, I love Taco Max. I love, uh, I love all sorts of different places around here. It's just, I mean, it's just here is, uh, you know, downtown kitchen. Everything is, uh, you know, is, is good here. Downtown kitchen and Taco Mac. They got mm-hmm. shout outs today just yeah. because you like to go eat there. Yeah. And I'm coming up with my 750th beer, but that's, uh, you know, that's good Wisconsin. Taco Mac, 750th beer? Yeah. Now that's a milestone. Well, we started, my wife and I started the program when it first came out. There's a, Summits is where it first started a long time ago. And we were part of the original 11 team that we well, used to have our, our name flag on a, on a bar down in Buckhead. I'll be darned. You're, you're serious. Yeah, you're, serious. you married the right woman from Wisconsin. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. What's your favorite beer? Uh, actually, my favorite beer was going to be, it's going to be Bex or Heineken. Yeah. Not spotted cow from no, the Polaris. No, no. See, once you get once you get stationed in Europe, you realize how good the beer is over there. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much, so much for coming in, sharing all of this information with us. I think all seven listeners has become a little bit more knowledgeable on how we can help <laughs> and where we can go to make our veterans, our heroes, good feel at home in a home. So, thank well, you very thank much. You. Thank you for giving the time. I appreciate it. Now. Get out there and enjoy Cherokee. (laughs) Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts. And now, stay tuned for Fun Facts with Katie. And welcome to Fun Facts with Katie. Hi. How are you, Katie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. So did you learn anything today? I did. I really didn't understand the scope of the problem of homelessness in general, but especially our homeless veterans. So I think this is a very important and serious topic. I There was a lot that I didn't really realize in our own community, in our own backyard, you know. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's heart-wrenching mm-hmm. to hear about all of this. So, all right. Did you have any facts to share with us today? I do. I have many facts First of all, just to start off and restate some of the stats that Jim shared with us, according to our homeless veteran program here, we have about 15,000 veterans in our community, which is about 15% of the population of our county. And there are 2,700 veteran-owned businesses in Cherokee, which is really special. So get out there and support your local veteran business owners. It seems strange that 15% of our population are veterans. Right, yeah. I mean, that's a lot, I think, given that there are a lot of older people in our community that have been through, you know, wars and things. And Mm -hmm. so that's a good point. We do have uh, quite a bit of a retirement community around here, too. So, yeah, it it begs to give our thanks to all of them. Yes, absolutely. Thank Mm -hmm. them for their service. If you ever see a veteran around, Thank them for their service. One thing that we wanted to make sure to mention to sort of help raise awareness and support is 
um, some of the national statistics and the 22-a-day movement around veterans and veteran suicide. The 22-a-day movement raises awareness and support for the 22 veterans who succumb to suicide each day due to post-traumatic stress disorder on American soil. So these veterans have lived through their whatever war or their time in the military and unfortunately have come home carrying the burden of PTSD and don't have the right resources or whatever the case may be. So raising awareness and support for the types of resources that can help veterans with those struggles. Yeah, I know we talked a little bit about uh, with Jim about having not very much support as far as counseling and Mm -hmm. psychologists and psychiatrists are concerned. I was really taken back that the military doesn't have a training program for this. Mm -hmm. And I did go online to try and see if there were some counseling and psychology majors or training that is specific to the military. And there Mm -hmm. are, there are quite a few of them, but you do have to be really careful because one of them was just like, I don't know, it seemed like it was a two month program or something. Mm. And it seems like if you're really going to get in to really help these people with PTSD, you really have to be highly educated on the topics and the situations that are overseas or even here on our homeland. Right. Because the average person just does not understand the trauma that goes into that. So we also wanted to point out that Jim shared that there are about 350 plus veterans in Cherokee County that are suffering with PTSD. And in the past 12 months, they have had seven attempted suicides and three confirmed suicides among veterans in our own community. So that's really heartbreaking. And we're really trying to find support for these veterans to help them with some of the things that they need help with. Yeah, Jim is doing such a good job. Right. I can't I can't believe that we're one of the only counties or the only county in the state that does these type of programs and we really owe it all to Jim. Right, absolutely. On the scope of our whole nation, obviously we have a handful um, of homeless veterans in our own community, but across the nation there are 67,000 homeless veterans, and that's according to militarywallet.com. There are some a couple different statistics out there on that, but that seems to be the average around 67,000, but that is far too many. That is too many. That is too many. Putting those little bags together with little Mm -hmm. toiletries and things, I think that's something that everybody could do at home. And maybe even if you have kids, it would be kind of fun to go shopping for those little Mm -hmm. things and um, put those together and hand them out as you see homeless people around town. Absolutely. And the Homeless Veterans Program is hosting several upcoming events this year um, that will can help people get involved and help them raise funds. Including? On October 22nd, they are hosting their annual golf tournament in Lake Arrowhead. More information can be found on that on their Facebook page, which is Cherokee County Homeless Veterans Program. On October 30th, they're hosting the Red, White, and Blue Barbecue, which is at the Canton American Legion Fairgrounds. Woot, woot. And you can drop, it's all day from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., and you can drop in any time. It's only $5. Um, you get barbecue tastings. There's some activities for children. So it's a great event for families, too. So and isn't it a competition? Yeah. I yes. think it is a competition. Yeah. And like, I think, like, the big winner could get like, up to 10000 Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Ka-ching. Yeah, so that's fun. The lead sponsor for that is Northside Hospital Cherokee. Awesome. And um, we can't thank them enough for all they do for our veterans and so many other things around the community. Absolutely. They're very involved. So thank you, everybody at Northside Hospital Cherokee. Yes. The Adopt-A-Vet program also takes place every year, and they are collecting desperately needed goods like some of the toiletries and things that Jim mentioned during the podcast They do this program every year, but be on the lookout for more information about those donations, what kind of things that they need, and where you can drop those donations off. Uh, The best place to look for that info is on their Facebook page, the Cherokee County Homeless Veterans Program. Lastly is on December 21st, there's going to be a candlelight vigil at Cherokee Veterans Park in Canton. Uh, December 21st is the longest night of the year, And any of the nation's estimated 60,000 homeless veterans, they have to endure that night out on the street without the things that they need and without shelter. And so this, the Homeless Veterans Program is going to have a ceremony to recognize these veterans, not only for their service to to our nation, but for their current circumstances 
and they will lay a commemorative wreath at the nation's first homeless veteran monument. So more information for that will be out as well, but keep an eye out for it. And that's 21st. right here. That's yes. right here in Cherokee. At, right here in Cherokee. In the Veterans Park. Yes. On, is that Highway 20? Highway 20 or coming yeah. highway. Yep. Mm-hmm. Speaking of wreaths, Katie, did you know that we have a national cemetery right here in Cherokee County? I did. Yes, I know you did because <laughs> you were the one that was explaining it all to me. But <laughs> we have a really cool program. There's wreaths across America. There is a um, somebody in Maine decided they wanted to make sure every soldier's gravestone has a wreath decorated during the holidays. He took it upon himself to cover all of them with some help from neighbors and friends, all of them in Arlington National Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And since then, it has gone viral and it goes across the nation, including our National Cemetery right here in Canton. So if you are interested in assisting the Georgia National Cemetery Advisory Council by decorating all the graves in Georgia National Cemetery this holiday season, you have an opportunity to do so. A $100 donation will provide 10 wreaths for 10 of the gravestones in the cemetery right here in Canton. There's also some smaller donation options if you're interested. Placement of the wreaths will take place December 17th and 18th, but we're not exactly sure because of COVID what time that's going to happen. All of those details are yet to be determined, so all you have to do is go to georgianationalcemetery.org and you can get all the information you need. Perfect. It's going to be a great event. It's always very special. Live up to their legacy is their tagline this year. So, Reese Across America, live up to their legacy. Yes. All right. Anything else, Katie? I think that's it for me. Get out there and enjoy Cherokee.